0: and welcome back to Learning Reimagined. I am Allison Ampere and with me as always is Sandy Gamba. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good
1: morning. I'm great. It's so great to be introducing our next podcast. This is so fantastic. I know we had a We had a great response from our first one. I
0: know our first podcast was really just explaining who we are and what the podcast is going to be about. And now we're really ready to dive into some serious topics. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing um, practical tips and um, information on keeping your students from getting left behind in this whole crazy COVID pandemic world um, where schools went online and Kids were just losing motivation and schools were scrambling to try and make sure that they can accommodate the students' needs and get them educated even though kids are at home. Um, A lot of trial and error has taken place over the past year, but with Sandy and I and what we have done for the the past 15 years is, that's what we do is online education. So we have some really great um, ideas and um, really practical, uh, practices that families can utilize to help their students to ensure that they aren't getting left behind as they approach college and um, getting through high school, not losing that motivation in school, not losing any of the academic traction that's um, that that that's been happening. I know that there's a lot of fatigue going on with our students.
1: And it's a very exciting time, just especially for those students that are rising seniors or current seniors and just a lot of pivoting that has had to take place. So we look forward to sharing a lot of our ideas in today's podcast. Yep, I, it's,
0: it's going to be a good one. So I'm glad you all are tuning in and buckle up. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if at the end of it, if you have questions, um, comments, anything, you can reach us by direct messaging us on Instagram. Make sure you are following our Instagram page. It is Learning Reimaginate. Learning Reimagined the Pod on Instagram, or you can email us directly at learningreimaginedthepod@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And we will respond to all inquiries and all comments within 24 hours or so. We're usually pretty prompt with it, but we look forward to hearing from you and we hope you learned something today. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Advantages Digital Learning Solutions, where learning is reimagined. Hello again, and welcome to another podcast with Allison and Sandy, Learning Reimagined. And today's topic is not getting left behind. Uh, With some of the challenges we have faced the past, gosh, 12 months now, where does that leave our kids? Um, It's a very personal conversation for both Sandy and I as we have high school age students, college students, um, students applying to get into college. So um, Sandy, I'm going to let you kind of give us a little bit of um, history on what you've been experiencing in the past basically 12 months with your senior in high school.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And thank you, Alison. I I also, this is a very close to my heart type of conversation because I have received so many messages from parents across our nation that are desperate for answers and how they can help their student. So not only has COVID affected us on so many other levels, but at the heart of it all, is the education that our students are receiving. And so I, I do wanna take this opportunity during our podcast to highlight those as uh-huh. well. So I'll start off by talking about my senior. And um, I, I do have a student, my my first, my oldest Isabella, she's already in college and she's launching her her first year. So that's fantastic. And they're adjusting and all that fun stuff. But it's our senior, my senior Zach, he, um, just prepping for this and how to navigate these unprecedented moments uh, uh-huh. when we're trying to make sure that he has the best opportunities to move forward and, and present himself to, the, to this college of choice. Uh-huh. So having said that, um, I wanna just briefly take an overview of what our students are having to, to really focus on, and that is, do they take the SAT, do they not, and what does that mean for our next set of students next year, our, our rising seniors? So, for example, your junior, mm-hmm. what is she going to do and how how to better pre- prepare them so that they can have the best options? Well,
0: you mentioned the ACT and SAT. I was under the impression that colleges weren't even
1: looking for them anymore. They don't they aren't requiring those test scores. And that is very true. A lot of them, you'll read that they're they're not requiring them of students. Okay. Um, I believe as the state of California. They're saying we won't look at them for four years. Well, that's all great for so, so those till, campuses. Wait, so to clarify, to like uh, 2023, they're not going to look at test scores or 2024? Some schools have already said that. And so, okay, so that alleviates that checkbox for many of our students. However, what I have found is the schools that my son has selected to apply to, they don't necessarily have the same philosophy. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of our search, we thought, okay, well, every time he went to sign up for the SAT or the ACT, it was canceled because of COVID. I remember that. That Mm -hmm. pressure. Yeah. And it happened often. And so he goes to school in Connecticut. So then he came home and just with everything and it was canceled in California, it was canceled in Nevada. And so we're stuck as parents trying to, where are we going to get him tested? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so when the schools initially said, oh, don't worry, we're not going to take those test scores. Okay, that was well and good back then. But now that we're in the 11th hour, in the midst of application deadlines, he's receiving some schools, some some notifications that, by the way, test sites are now opening. So Mm -hmm. we would really like to have it if you can. So that brings that pressure back onto the students to figure out I need to secure a space. I need to secure a seat so I could take this test mm. and make myself a much more viable candidate. Okay. So again, it really depends on what school the student wants to apply to. Some of the higher end, more um, competitive schools are asking for more factors, more okay. things to look at. So it really is making sure what what schools are on your students' list and contacting them independently, because some will not require it. But that being but some said, some of them with, will. With
0: some of them not requiring it, are they still using those test scores for
1: scholarship? Yes, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> it put it, it it put it off the list for the admissions mm-hmm. component, but mm-hmm. then it ties it to have merit scholarship. Mm -hmm. So of course you wanna have the opportunity to showcase your your highest scores. And so again, now the student is put in the position of, I really need to take that test so I can qualify for some of the higher Mm -hmm. merit scholarships. So that's exactly it. It's not as easy as crossing it off the list altogether. Uh So that's, it's almost like a myth. Like, what do we do? How are we going to better serve our students? So that's, ask me what my son is doing this Saturday. He's sitting for a standardized test. Wow. (laughs) Because it's the first time he's able to do it in all of these months. And so yeah, it's a little late in the game because Uh it's February 6th. So it's, but it's it's, he's going to do it for that very reason for the merit scholarships. Right. And so, that and that, that is a student.
0: Yeah, and that's a big concern I think a lot of our seniors are facing is that they haven't had that accessibility. They haven't been able to get to a test and when I I know my nephew was he tried every time he would try to sign up for one of the tests because they were so limited and then capacity was reduced. So mm-hmm. every try, time he tried to get into a test it was it was full it was full. So it's been quite a challenge. And um, that so that that's one area of you know getting left behind that is a concern is the accessibility. And that is quite concerning for a lot of our seniors um, moving forward. And it it just it's interesting to see how it plays out. Another thing that has been a concern of mine that you have mentioned in the past is that. Um, these young athletes. Your son is a soccer player. And what are these poor kids doing when all of their seasons have been canceled? Good friend of mine,s son is a quarterback, and he was top rated in the state of California. Yes. and he had a lot of colleges wanting to look at him, his senior year, and he doesn't have a senior year. And yes. so I don't know what they're doing for sports and for these kids who are, Counting on a sports scholarship, not just that, you know, we have the ACT and SAT for the merit scholarships, but what about these kids who have spent their last 14 years, 15 years dedicated to their sport? Yes. And now it's just not happening for them. What, how well, are colleges ha- handling
1: this? Well, colleges and families, I know that many families have sacrificed even uprooting their athlete to move to a state where everything is open. So we've had quarterbacks in Nevada, in Las Vegas, for example, that have uprooted their families and sacrificed that time so that they can go play for a school in a different state. Eligibility then becomes an issue. How, I mean, just the right. There's so much. So much, it's so comprehensive. And not to mention the mental state of these athletes. Uh-huh. When you've prepared yourself, like you said, for fourteen years, uh-huh. and you've made headway with these college scouts, well, now they're looking at athletes that they can see play on the uh-huh. field, uh-huh. and so it's it's extremely it, it, it's disheartening. <laughs> it's disheartening. There's a fill in the blank for so much I want to share, but it it is a very very true thing that's happening across our nation because we do have these amazing athletes that are having to sacrifice their dreams in essence because they're not getting that opportunity. And then on the flip side, a little bit deeper is on the college end, the NCAA requirements, these students can stay on an extra year. So it's impacting the number of athletes that the college can actually recruit. So if you are a senior
0: playing your senior season and when COVID hit, they can opt to not graduate and stay an extra year and still be eligible to play? Correct. Mm -hmm. So they are not graduating, which means the rosters are full. Oh gosh, that's a whole
1: different level. It's a very different level. And you don't think about that on the initial conversation, but it's, it's impacting the number of students that can get recruited. And it's making a huge impact for even on the college end, how many students they can bring on. Right. Yep. Wow. No, so it's, there's a lot. There's a lot that these parents are, are trying to navigate these poor mm-hmm. students that are trying to reconcile their dreams. Now, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really a tough conversation.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's and to add to that. The, the other aspect that um, my freshman in college um, dealt with during her senior year was the cancel, the cancel culture, basically oh. um, the second half of her senior year was canceled. And you deal with that and it's sad and it's depressing. It's really sad and depressing for these for us for as parents for our kids not to experience graduation and not to experience the the prom and all of the fun senior activities they get. And now we're looking at these current seniors who missed half their junior year and now they're missing basically their whole senior year, adding to that the depression and the isolation. I mean, we could do a whole entire podcast series on how COVID has affected the mental status of our students.
1: Oh, and I think um, we're going to need to because there's, yeah, so there's so be much for that. Yeah. There is. But yeah. but now,
0: so we have these kids who have are dealing with all of the disappointment of their senior year, now trying to navigate getting into college. And what can parents do now? I mean, all of this being out there, um, all of these challenges, I want to give our listeners hope. I want to give them tools. What can we as parents be thinking about doing and um just trying with our students to get them not to be left to ha- behind and how to fill the gap what what can parents be looking for it or striving well, in
1: re- for in regards to because like i said i have my own athlete at home is providing that help hope and and Encouragement and having them continue to be persistent, and having them enlist the help of their coaches, mm-hmm. because not many of us can afford to uproot our athlete to another right. state where they're open and playing. Mm-hmm. But and
0: what, and one thing that Zach I know has done is he's not giving up his dream of playing in, co- in, in college. He can't play on an actual team right now because of all of the uh, restrictions in place, but yet he himself is going out and he's setting up his own camera and filming himself playing with all by himself, but you know, he's filming himself, taking shots on goal, filming himself juggling and doing different plays. And it's not the same as, you know, game tape, but it's something and he's able, he,
1: he himself is contacting coaches if I'm correct. Right. Yes. Yes, for sure. And I'll have to tell you a side story is that, being able to practice and hone in on his skill set, uh-huh. just being able to keep doing that, and he did come home for the holidays. He did work out with his his um, team from that he used to before, and he noticed that when he had those opportunities to make those kicks, they were much cleaner. They were much more because of the the muscle memory, and so it's exciting and even making sure that they stay true to that goal, uh-huh. that dream of theirs. And so um fueling that passion. I love uh-huh. that statement that yes. we just learned. And so it really truly does resonate uh-huh. with the student. But it's a lot harder because they have to do that from within. Keeping right. in touch with those coaches, keeping in touch, making sure that they understand I'm very much still interested. Even though their rosters may be full on the college side, They, if they keep in touch, keep in front of that mm-hmm. those, those voices, they can welcome them the opportunity to walk on once they get to that campus. So mm-hmm. all very, very important as you try to find that perfect piece of the puzzle for the students.
0: Right, it's just the one thing I think um, I'm finding with this Generation of kids. I don't know if it's really a generation, but this this age group, our our juniors, seniors, and college freshmen, is their resiliency. That is one thing I am seeing time and time again. Um, and more than that, is their thinking outside the box. Like Zach going out and creating his own game tape. You know, uh, he, he's not playing in any games, but he has his own film. He's creating it and he's making that work within the restrictions that have been placed upon him. And, and our other our students, my, my daughter, who's a junior, what is she doing? so she's wanting to make sure she's not missing out academically. Yes. Um, that is one of the concerns that I have universally, not just for my own child, but just generally speaking. Our poor teachers in the public school system have their hands are so tied and it's, it's been incredibly frustrating for them. They are relying on antiquated technology. To get their lessons to their kids. Um, and the accessibility for kids who don't have necessarily Wi Fi or a laptop and the school district can't provide one for them, now teachers have to create just packets upon packets of, of what, what I would call busy work as a teacher. Um, it's not as engaging as real life teaching, and our, our teachers are doing the best they can. Um, but now, you know, these kids have been home for months their parents who are trying to work but trying to manage students it's just there's so much so the achievement gap is my big concern here what is is today's senior as ready for college or ready for the workforce as the same senior three years ago I, I don't think they are mm-hmm. I, I think when I go to the doctor you know 10 years from now if somebody got their you know their doctorate, medical degree in 2020 or 2021 i'm going to question it because i know preceding that that preceding year things were sketchy in the education world so it's just an interesting
1: you're you're not alone you're not alone i get these questions all the time from parents that are concerned about this particular frame time of is my student learning? Right. I mean, right. sure, I understand they're going to class and the school districts are doing their best to check uh-huh. that box and say, you can progress to the next course. However, how much depth are they really mastering? Right. And so, as a parent, just making sure that you have you have access, many, fortunately, many of our families have access to the internet and you can go on to incredible resources like oh. Khan Academy and just learn there's so much. However, the motivation piece, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's a big component yeah. because- That's that's one thing I've, we've
0: really seen. Yeah. Um, when everything stopped, when the world stopped um, back in March of 2020, the, the grading um, expectation in the classrooms was, not held harmless, which was a term that I had, I didn't know what that meant. And my daughter just explained, she said, well, my grade can't get lower. And I said, well, if you don't do any work, your grade will go get get lower. And she said, absolutely not. It's just whatever my grade is on March 12th, that is my grade, well, my grade cannot go lower. And I thought that was absolutely ludicrous. So in, in full disclosure, my daughter had straight A's and she said, I don't need to do anything.
1: So And I, that's quite the Band-Aid, right. what do we do
0: with that? <laughs> right, so I know my daughter didn't have fourth quarter of sophomore education. I know that she didn't. And when school started back up in the fall, what do you do with that? I know that you missed the last quarter of Algebra two. How do I know you are prepared for the next level of math? How do I know you are ready for the next level of English? you don't. And these poor teachers, they know it too. So we have kids who are coming to them ill-prepared and um, well, and ill-motivated in reality. And and how do we work with that? And there are resources out there. And so, yes, my daughter had a bit of a nap, I'd say, in the spring of 2020. Um, but moving forward, how do we assure that's not happening with our kids? And and what I have shared as much as I possibly can with our with my friends, with the people in my my universe is that there are extra resources. There are options out there. And I think with this pandemic, that is one thing that has really proven itself is the flexibility in education. and um, and the willingness on administrators to be flexible in in how to help students. My daughter is taking courses, she's enrolled in her public high school, but she's taking courses online um, with an online high school and she is taking courses online with the local junior college. So she's trying very hard to maintain her academic integrity through this, not to lose a step in her her, um, graduation requirements and to make sure that she's still going to be a strong candidate for different colleges. And, and there are those resources out there um, granted my daughter has she she's got a, an academic for a parent so she's <laughs> she's kind of um, pushed into some of these things but for for all of our kids out there there are resources and there are options you know Khan Academy is a great resource to help build or help bridge the gaps but all of the local um, community colleges they offer dual credit courses and that that's something that i didn't know much about 5 years ago
1: it's incredible it's a wonderful benefit it's uh, it allows students for for families that are listening to us right now it allows a student to be in high school and be able to enrolled into a college class it's a community college class but it counts as college credit so they can then put that on a transcript and it counts towards their college work so that's that's quite an incredible opportunity for them to bridge this opera this gap in in this these unprecedented moments and you're right not many of us knew about something mm-hmm. like that so it's the curiosity it's yeah. that resiliency that you you speak to the, these students are are looking and hungry to Mm -hmm. help that. And and what's
0: great in this world of pandemic and online education is that um, our universities and our our, um, community colleges, as Sandy mentioned in our first podcast, they were ahead of the game with their online education. And so when the pandemic hit and everything had to go online, our colleges and universities, they were ready. And they are able to take their content and deliver it in a highly sophisticated online platform. And so our college kids aren't missing a beat academically. Mm-hmm. And so for that is why my daughter enrolled in um, the community college course, because even if the world gets shut down more or if there's you know more restrictions, she's not going to miss a beat with these courses because mm-hmm. they were designed this way. They were designed to be delivered online. And um So that's one thing that has been a true blessing, I feel, in in this um, crazy, crazy world, is that flexibility that we have found. And her high school counselor is very open to that. You know, it's just like designer education almost. Uh, It's really personalized as it can be. So that's been um, one true blessing of this pandemic it, it, we've had to really rethink education and that that actually came to be why our podcast is learning reimagined because that's truly who we are it's it's we've been rethinking education since we could since we started and
1: um yeah that was part of our mission statement mm-hmm. we knew we we were we were just we saw a desperate need and now we see it across our nation and even worldwide. How do we help these students to, to not have that gap mm-hmm. and to be able to, to maximize these benefits, these moments in time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and not have that hiccup in their education? Right. Yeah, yeah so there, there are resources out there. Um, and then at the
0: elementary level, I think, I know here locally, our elementary kids have been back in school um, every day. Uh, with with the exception of, you know, different lockdowns that have had to happen if there have been exposures or whatnot. But generally speaking, our elementary kids have been able to continue somewhat normal, <laughs> somewhat normal. And um, so that has been a huge blessing for our parents. Um, I believe that started, it wasn't right off the bat in September, but um, that that's been a great encouragement, I guess, in terms of education. It's primarily the middle schoolers and high schoolers that have suffered the most with this, um, here in Nevada at least. And California, no kids are going to school. I believe private schools have been open, um, but the the regular, the, the general population, they're, they're not. And so these poor parents are trying to do it all and what else is out there for them? You know what what, as a parent, who works, as a parent with kids um, at this level, what else can we be doing? What other resources are out there, Sandy?
1: So when we're looking at how to how to help our student at home, just navigating, making sure you you' you keep in touch with their local school. Uh-huh. And what resources are out there. And like I said, some schools, like you said, in your area locally, middle eight elementary school students are already in classrooms. Uh-huh. Many of our communities are not like that. Yeah. So it's just helping as a village. How do we help all of our families, all uh-huh. of our students, regardless of their age? Uh-huh. So highlighting what their exact needs are and any any deficits they may have. We have to work on helping those students gain regain their confidence uh-huh. back whether it's in the reading elements or the math skills because once once you go back into school they're not going to have that confidence level so we need to make sure that they take advantage of these moments so that they can so there are resources out there that uh-huh. they can be working on and honing those skills uh-huh. and so in essence working on that skill set so that when yeah. they get back into their day to day they won't feel like they are behind their peers. Uh They can just move right into the next lessons. Right, So that's one of the biggest things I want our parents to take away from
0: this podcast is that um, you really need to be an advocate for your student. Um, Our our teachers and the schools, they are so overwhelmed trying to really keep their heads above water you as a parent need to be able to go to them and say what else can i be doing for my student what other resources what can i have them take a course at this college can this count for both um during the pandemic we've been doing a lot of this activity can that count for experiential credit Um, just be more of an advocate for your kid and find out what else your your schools will be willing to accept um there is far more flexibility than I've ever seen in education, which is great. It really it's an education by design, which is kind of cool. Um it's been forced upon us, but it's a very one of the positives that I see as a result of the pandemic is just really rethinking how we approach education. And so there are options out there for our parents. There are resources, and there are some really cool experiences for our kids to have
1: absolutely and so I think taking the the time now to look at your student see what they want and how to hone in on those skills I Mm -hmm. just think that being an advocate for your students is the best message that Mm -hmm. we can send yeah absolutely And, and I know there are correspondence courses
0: that have been out there for a long time where you know you can, they would send you materials, and they're, they're courses that have been designed for years pre pre pandemic, where they can um, take courses and get credit. Um, so that that's one resource, and then there's the online high schools. There are the online colleges. There are so many different areas that that help is out there. In addition to that, there are um, CTE courses, the career technical. So if your student is exploring, you know, what do I want to do after high school? There are so many things that you could be doing online right now to. Oh, yes. And don't
1: don't let them get bored. I mean, there's an incredible finance class that all students should be taking and just talk about real life finances. And, you know, perhaps they may not need it for a requirement from high school, but you can really have that learning take Mm -hmm. place. And so just great great options for students and mm-hmm. families. And uh, it's just I just caution families to, before you enroll into any online course or any correspondence course, make sure that they're accredited mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, you definitely, definitely. wanna make sure that you're being responsible and, yeah. and enrolling your student in, a, in a, an authentic responsible place. <laughs> and also
0: check with your high school to make sure yes. that the credit will be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those are some key points to, to look at. I would also encourage families to, during this downtime in education, I, for most of us, it's more of a downtime for our high school kids because there aren't the sports. They, they, so they have free time. So my biggest thing is keeping my daughter busy because, you know, idle hands, you know, that saying. So I want to keep her as busy as possible. So another thing that we've talked about is an ACT prep class, you know, just giving them, because this is not going to last forever. We know that normalcy will come back in in our worlds. Whatever that's going to look like in terms of academics, I don't quite know. I'm hoping there's been some adjustment and that we've learned from this. Um, But regardless, ACT, SAT, that's gonna come back. That's going to become a requirement if it's not already for the colleges. Um, So get the kids involved in those types of prep classes now. You know, And it doesn't have to be online. You can buy books. The bookstores are still open. You can order an ACT, SAT prep book um, keep them engaged planning for their future and if, if college is not their future look at CTE courses and um, different trade schools different different things to keep them engaged that's very very important during this downtime in education is what
1: I'm calling it <laughs> yes let's pause uh, let's pause yes as we embrace it absolutely mm-hmm, but there's been mm-hmm. so many great things that have come from this pause, if you will. So it's, it's, it's great. It's a good, good reset for many. Uh, For many. Yes, absolutely.
0: But again, if you have any questions or if you want us to give you some more resources, please send us an email. We will happily get back to you. Um, But yeah, we're, we're here to help. We want, we want our kids happy. We want our kids educated. We want them ready for the strong future that that's ahead of them. So Um, anything we can do to help, just reach out. We're here for you. It's been such a pleasure. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time on
1: Learning Reimagined. Bye.